it really is a battle against yourself. Yeah. It's not even about the means, yeah. to be honest about it. You know, you are there against yourself, yeah. pushing your limits right to the edge, as you point out. Like, and it's not a challenge if you know you can finish it. That's just a job. Mm. But the fact that yep. there was doubt, you know, through that at good points and you're pushed to the edge. And the achievement was really the battle that was going inside rather than whatever might was ahead of you, like, yeah. isn't it? That, my friend, was the Dennis Rankin round. And this is the Inspirational Runners Podcast. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. It's been a couple of weeks. Uh, my name is Robbie Marsh and I'm your host, so welcome to the podcast. On Saturday the 13th of July at 2am, five hardy souls stood under the arch in Donard Car Park at the foot of the Moor Mountains, ready to take on the Dennis Rankin round. This magnificent course has been hot over the last few weeks with some great attempts, ending both with success and failure. And they say a true challenge is one that completion is never guaranteed. And with only 24 hours to traverse all of the more mountain peaks over 400 meters, it would take a lot of skill and luck to complete the 90 kilometer course. With over 6,500 meters of ascent, which is around 20,000 feet, strong navigation skills would be required to ensure success. The team was made up of Sean Nickel, the key lead out man and navigator who has more miles under his belt than the Proclaimers, Marty Chipper Campbell and Barry McCarroll, all three of which have competed in races such as the 108 mile Donegal Hero. Keith Clark, Decker Ironman and Mark Weir, whose experience racing through the Mourns would become invaluable to the team. We take a different angle this week and sit with the entire team for an open group discussion on what it takes to succeed in the Dennis Ranking Challenge. I hope you enjoy me being back on the podcast. If so, why not drop us a line on our Facebook page and let us know. Before we start, I'd just like to thank our sponsors, Excel Sports. Um, their next event is huge. It's the Seven Sisters Skyline Mountain Trail event, which is being held on July the 27th and the 28th. On the 27th, we have a half Skyline Challenge of 26 kilometers. And on the Sunday, the 28th, um, we have the 50 kilometer full event, which has around, I think, 12,000 feet of climbing. Hope to see you there. I'm actually entering both events. Um, we'll see how that goes after day one. With great pleasure, I give you the Dennis Rankin Challenge. Sean, tell me a little bit about um, Dennis Rankin, how it even came about. Well, Dennis Rankin, pretty much considered a pioneer and a leading light in fell running and mountain marathons in Northern Ireland and had been from about the 1970s. Um, he tragically died on the 16th of May 2013 while he was competing in a fell race on Slave Mountain Moor. I think that was the first time I had ever heard of him. So who was it come up with the idea? Who was it sort of sparked the fire? He's two. I ended mean, up on the posts and stuff that Sean and Barry had done. I and knew there was, there was something going on, something bigger was happening, like, and I just said, I'm in. Don't know what it is, but I'm in. Well, I know, I know. Sean. You don't know what it is, but I'm in. <laughs> exactly. Sean had posted on Facebook after his, whatever it was that you'd finished. You'd finished a big challenge. And you were looking for your next one, and you had posted, and as soon as you did, I sort of thought, I'll plant the seed for the, the Dennis Rankin round and I just put DRR as a comment and there was no way it was even a seed because 
he had already thought about it, probably half planned it at all already because he was straight back with a message going, yeah, it's on. <laughs> yeah. It certainly had been on my radar for a couple of years, um, above way at least, and I think I've been talking to Barry about maybe September, October time last year, and we were joking about things, and it had sort of come up on that. Um, and I had been talking to you, Robbie, whenever we did the podcast in December. It had sort of was on my radar yeah. at that stage. Um, yeah, so it's sort it's of your fault then. Everybody took a load of convincing too. Like, yeah, everybody <laughs> said. <laughs> you were not very hard to convince. Yeah. <laughs> Keep got messages. <laughs> when did you find out about it? Oh, well, it was added to the group chat, but I don't really do that. <laughs> <laughs> Rather, he was added three times and removed himself. <laughs> so that, that's how people found out they were added. Found out it was gone. So we have, like, we have quite a strong field here, right? So we have like Sean, Barry and Marty. It's Sean, Nicola, Barry, McCarroll, Marty Chipper and Manny Campbell. Um, all have done the, the hero. 108 <coughs> miles over the quads in Donegal, um, you transfer, is the Memoir Gap? Yeah. My lady. Don't have to. You remember that? <laughs> you there as well? Keith for that. Cream. Oh, you're, you're a crew. Keith for that. Keith for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all of you, like Marty, you were last seen on the podium in Born to Run, um, yourself, mate. At Barry, was it like two hours, 42? Six. Six. Jesus, he's swept up that day. Two forty-six, and showing yourself then. So the last one standing there, you ran one hundred and fifty miles. Um, yourself and Barry, who've been on podcasts before, was it two weeks before or three weeks before doing energy? You done one hundred nine miles, one hundred nine point eight eight miles. Ten point eight eight. Was that? Yeah. Jesus, it doesn't show that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't show that in the results. Just three weeks before, wasn't it? And Sean, you got 100, 121, something like that, yeah. My hands like that, I'll just accept what I, I give. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Keith, as well, like, you know, Decker, I am um, actually summit Donard 12 times, um, also on the podcast, running 100 miles backwards, <laughs> which was. I was just amazed by the training and what people thought about seeing you training up and down the road, running backwards. That was the best part of it. He definitely lost um, So we heard about the group and I thought to myself as well, shit, I would love to do this. Like, but that sort of intimidated me a little bit. So Mark's background is more of a track runner. Um, what was your time? Is it 51 seconds? You're going to be this point. 51.5 for 400. For 400. So phenomenal. Like, I never run that fast when the police was chasing me. <laughs> <laughs> that was quick. Um, and lately seen really running around the more mountains in the shorter, faster, more intense races. Like, you're yeah. around them face around that. So the mountains are, you knew the mountains, you knew what was coming on a lot of the stretches, more so than most. How did you feel joining the group? Because um, you're braver than me. <laughs> I, I didn't want to throw my hat into the ring at that moment in time. How did you yeah, feel? Certainly not intimidated. I mean, I knew what the guys were capable of, and through the group chat, it really it got worse and worse. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as, as I found out what they'd done, you know, what they could do, etc. But I just thought and hoped that, you know, I'd increase the mileage 
and like kind of use my experience really from all the years of running and not just like you know in different events that I thought that they'd kind of look after me as well that you know I'd be okay and maybe that was a bit foolish but that's the way but I thought. How far is it? How far was it? <coughs> well I think I, judging it I only probably managed about yeah, 45. Just how far is the race though? Is it oh, like 89 kilometres yeah. Um, and depends how, depends how, yeah. uh, how slick you are. Yeah. So, I <laughs> mean, if you want. I think <laughs> I clocked probably closer to 58 miles, but they sort of reckon about 54 is what you should be getting. Okay, so we have around 58 miles. <laughs> 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 I said that to you before, mate. <laughs> um, and what's the elevation? Um, it's coming in at 6,500 metres or want to put it into old money at over 20,000 feet. Because yeah, you have a statement that you're never going to run a marathon, Mark. <laughs> never going to run a marathon. So the longest distance you'd run was 19 miles. Yeah, well, I've never run a half marathon and I've never run a road marathon, so... But, yeah. but for the challenge then, because that was like... It's a huge challenge for anybody. It is. But you have to take credit, like, you know, for throwing your hat into the ring there. When you're coming off the back of what these guys have been doing, um, you know, that was quite a, I don't want to say you've got a big set of balls, but I don't know a better way to put it, like, you know, so. Well, I just, no, I honestly just thought that my experience and all the years that I've been running and uh, kind of all that could come together to make sure that I finished. So Keith, yep. when were you added to the group? Because, so okay, Sarah, these guys did have a bit of distance in them pretty recently, didn't they? Like, yeah, you, no, I think you, it was added to the group early on, but. Just was sort of on the back wider because it was going to the European Championships, the obstacle course racing. And then the sort of they were sorting out the trackers the week before. And then the Barry message maybe like the Tuesday before and said, Are you in or out? And I was like, Yeah, man. Foolishly. Like that. Marty, sorry, sorry. No, that was basically it. And then just. So really Tuesday before, like it was like and you ran to the group, you knew something crazy. Oh I know what was going on. Happened and and sort of knew the Barry says now you've got a tracker. Yeah. Okay, I mean you didn't really know what was going on really. It was just <laughs> and but Marty yourself as well, like you've been out injured for a wee while, haven't you? Uh, sort of your Achilles, like kinda of from after the Barcelona Martin just lost mm. a bit of interest, like when I got injured and I uh, hit the bike for a while and probably about 60 miles in two months now, Roman. That's about it, like. Um, so it was fresh going into it, like. Well rested. Wasn't well rested. <laughs> I have to admit, like, I think it did pay off in the end of it. Yeah. You know, these boys were hitting 100 miles plus two weeks previous. It was only two weeks previous to that. So, Sean, like, I get the feeling you're sort of in the form of your life. So, you must have been going into this really confident, thinking that you were going to smash this out of the park. Not to be on the spot. Right? I, I, certainly, I certainly felt confident that it was the right time to do it. Um, I certainly didn't think I was going to smash out of the park. But, um, time was right. I'm certainly not dragging these four long after. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, um, things are, have been going quite well actually the last, mm -hmm. probably the last year, year and a half. So. Um, Just going from strength to strength. 
Because I'll rewind us back to that moment underneath the arch in Donut Park, which is a great picture, isn't it? Like, everyone wants that picture. I mean, you took the picture of one race through the Monway as a recce. Yeah. Um, that was when seed was planted for me, that picture. I was like, you just, it starts with a vision. <laughs> so I've got that vision. Like, I just need to get the photo coming back now when you look like a zombie. Um, but I asked the question. So what time are we going to come back at? I think you've got to set, sometimes you've got to set well, the bar high. See, to be honest though, when you said 9 o'clock, that was like 17 hours in my head, something like that, was it? 17 yeah. hours. That's right. like, I, everyone's like, oh, in the back of everybody's head, so like, well, that's doable. Like, we honestly all did believe that that moment I still think it is. I didn't give it any thought. Yeah. I still think it is. There's a lot, obviously, with any big sort of challenge and big race, there's a lot of learning that has to come out of that race, and we sort of dip into that a little bit. Um, a lot of people I've read the reports on over the last couple of days, <laughs> and unfortunately, every time I read a report, it waters the bloody seed, so you have to be careful. Um, there's a lot of wrecking done on the, on the course, so how, how did you manage to navigate through that? Because that was a question I had in my head all the way around. I took us the whole way around it, Rob. This is. Sean was hanging off me most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> and I was unsure. I asked Keith, and then Keith asked Marty. Last was, was the last was over. We said, Sean, show us. What do you think? Stood down, coming on. It was funny at times, like especially yeah, we, early on in the morning when us three were standing. Three you were on your phone. Trying to drag it out in heaps with a compass, and those three were standing holding together. Trying to stay warm. <laughs> three penguins. But it, it is key, though, isn't it? It's yeah, critical that there's somebody on the course oh, that has oh, really good knowledge on how to read courses, read maps. Because one thing I learned, we'll talk about it later on as well, is like you have to respect their mountains. Do you know what I mean? No matter how safe you feel, that can just change. Like we, I had a real strong sense when we were coming around the back of Bird, we'll talk about that later on, like, but like one slip or one thing goes wrong or one bit of, yeah. bit of kit or something can fail you. And all of a sudden the whole dynamics can change very quickly, can't they? Yeah. Um, so Sean, you must have done some deep dive into the detail and investigation of what peaks were, what directions to go. There must have been some level of... Well, yeah, I mean, you've got to know beforehand where where you're going. Um, I have done navigation in the past, okay. sort of <clears throat> led groups in the mountains before, so I was confident enough with my navigation. It wasn't in Star Wars by any chance. Sorry, I just want to. <laughs> 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 Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> So I was fairly confident in what I was doing, but you, it's all right if you're doing a course in the moors and you're sticking to the wall, then you're fine. You can follow that wall all day long, but as soon as you have to leave that wall, if, if you can't see where you're going. I mean, the first, the first time you leave the wall, you know, you come up out of Donard Park, up Donard, down the other side, and as soon as you come to the style, the first thing you have to do is then go on a complete diagonal the chimney and uh, obviously if you don't get your bearing <laughs> you're not going to make it there and I mean Sean straight out with the map compass you know good. got his bearing stayed on his bearing and before you know it we're on chimney and certainly 
you know, I can do a bit of navigation, but like it was, it was all kind of slick and really controlled, and you know, you just certainly knew that you were in good hands, you know. So, so the visibility was pretty low. Definitely at in times. the first. Yeah, can be a lot worse than that. So I think it's important to point out how important it is to actually be to mark a few points and navigate your way through a map and compass, isn't it? Yeah. In those sort of situations. Because um, I've had a lot of messages since saying how great of a job I did and then trying to mind. How do I end this race? And it's one of the reasons why I want to do the podcast is to make sure that people understood, you know, this isn't just a race. Not a race. No. This is not an event that you just roll up to like all the other ones where there is safety and Arms, security yeah. and, and all that good stuff. This, if not done properly, can become dangerous. And no jack, no monetary kept check and anything like no, that, so that's what you're there and it goes. So uh, to that point, I was sort of wishing I had done a bit of monetary check <laughs> <laughs> with these guys. Um, so what, did you, what sort of key things um, did you need in your kit? Well, since I do like most of the Nimmer races and stuff and know that without these in your pack, you know, you really aren't going anywhere, which is your waterproof trousers, your waterproof jacket both having taped seams you know, and, a, and with a hood that doesn't detach, you know, your compass, your map, um, foil blanket, extra food, hat, whistle, gloves. That's shoes, your, with, shoes with soles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. So that's your, that's your mandatory kit and without that, you shouldn't really go. Yeah. Head torch. Car park. Head torch. And, and head torch for this one, certainly, because we started in the dark and we were ending in the dark, so. And a backup head torch as well. And phone and a backup phone. Now I know we say all that and it's okay, we've got loads of people around. What I found was everyone's got their phones who are okay, but actually people's phones are all starting to die at the same time. Well, I actually had mine on super, super, super battery yeah. saver, so I like about 140 hours of battery on mine. <laughs> well, you're on, you're on the way. I, 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 I actually bought a charger. Day. I forgot to charge mine, now I have them. It's dead an hour. 10%. But it hasn't, it hasn't even used it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, what happened to me, there's a couple of dish, different issues that happened to me when I was up Burner. Um, sorry, when I was up Binion. Yeah. My phone went from 65 cent to 48 cent to went off. Really? Because it was out of the iPhone SC. And it was, a, it was a bit of a moment for me because I was meant to meet you at Sound of Valley. Yeah. And I'm sitting at the top of Binion in no visibility <laughs> whatsoever <laughs> with your food sitting big. And, and the last message was something about him being south side or something. Yeah. Yeah. Can't get away. And when you appeared, it was like, it yeah, said nice. breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, this could ruin the whole thing. Like. Um, but as you said, what your trousers, and people always say, you know, I'll just get a cheap pair of trousers. Mm-hmm. You never use them. Um, when we were actually coming off me and war, next to that small tent. I was sitting there in the shorts waiting for you to come down, because obviously I was <laughs> new onto the course. And I was trying to save head torch, so I was going forward and stopping. I was actually getting very cold. Yeah. Because yeah. I had been up for 42 hours as well. Yeah. And um, I actually, it was the first time I put my waterproof bottoms on, and the heat that generated by blocking the wind mm-hmm. that was, was phenomenal. Yeah. You know, and I have a good pair of OMM, but it did cost me like 70 or 80 quid. Um, but I can really tell the difference that piece of kit made. Yeah, because towards the end of something that long, you need something that will just take yeah. heat. I was saying to you, wasn't before, even before we got over the style at the, and the air's on. I put something on, feel the wind over here as well. Yeah. And it just hits you, so. I had what I just need to monitor that stage. Yeah. I don't know that. I, I did have it. 
I stood back. Okay. And then what? 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 Then like all of a sudden both of our phones went, you had about 15%, so we just turned your phone off, which was the right thing to do. Yeah. And lucky enough, Stephen came. Yeah. So we had some good support, of course, he came all over from Duncanon. So he had a full charge phone, which is to turn your phone off. Just, so I gave me a bit of security. Um, but unfortunately, he forgot his head torch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> coming into dark, but obviously yeah. I always bring the full kit, just from the main races as well. So I gave him my spare head torch. But that changed the whole dynamic for me then, because I was like, got three people, three torches, and then you had a spare as well, didn't you? Yeah, hand torch. Um, didn't know about a hand torch, I'd have been a bit more comfortable than you. <laughs> but all joking aside, having one head torch each made me extremely nervous, because when you're up there, and it was pretty grim, I have to say, at dark, at mm -hmm. night, you're not used to it. Um, the wind was blowing pretty hard. It felt like a winter's night. Yeah, it didn't feel like the daytime should have felt. No, not in this time of year. Yeah. Um, and we could see it was epic at the same time. We could see these three head torches. And I was smiling and laughing. This is like watching that film Everest. Mm. Keith, you, you can't lie down, Keith. Come on, get up. <laughs> <laughs> You're on the north base. You're on the north base. Because I, I had meandered us onto the side of Burner, which was quite steep. And I was thinking, I don't want Keith to know I'm lost on the side of Burner, because <laughs> I know these mountains really well. Um, but Burner is a pain in the ass. So Kit is, is there anything else in Kit then is really sort of critical you could think of? Did you have any Kit failures? Did anybody have well, any Kit failures? <laughs> certainly, <laughs> my, certainly my shoes. I, I tend to run with my toes kind of pointed very much so, which means that if I ever kick, a rock and there's a few out there and um, it'll start to strip the sole of my shoe and then once it starts you know there's no way you're in long grass you're in rocky trail you're in it's gonna keep going on and when you think about all the things you double up on all like you know you take you know loads of different food you know everything and yet you only take one pair of shoes and all I can think about yeah. is at home in, my, in this utility room I have loads of pairs of shoes and they're no good to me and you know and obviously Robbie I borrowed a pair from you and mm. in the end the fit wasn't right and it, that's what kind of did me in in the end you know so well when, you, when your heads as well is playing tricks you want to well, take all them boxes don't you any, 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 any reason in your head like it's not comfortable Exactly what about right. socks then, Barry? Because like I was just about you did some moaning at the top of Steve Martin about I your socks. I was about to change. Remember, I had the the bags that were yeah. misnumbered, and I was really really had to change them socks because they were full of gravel. He got <laughs> Rob. I was just telling Chuck earlier on actually about about Robbie taking off his socks like a like a wounded soldier, hand them over to Marty, and me look at me. I did have socks, but they didn't turn up. My feet. <laughs> were worse than your feet in that photograph, Keith yeah. Clark. They were disgraced. Well, I never changed my socks. <laughs> you never did? <laughs> 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 uh, but when I did change the socks at Spelga, it yeah. did feel good for... Something I'd never done in like, 10 months. Yeah. I changed mine at the end of my own. It definitely it had, it was brilliant. I thought there was grit, you see, in the sock. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was a blister. I was already yeah. blistered at that stage. Yeah. So, as I was saying, I felt good changing the socks. Thanks, Robert. <laughs> Thanks, Robert. <laughs> Give him back in. On the blister plaster. <laughs> I, I actually found, found um, 
the dog was sitting chewing on something there this morning. I thought it was an enemy, so it's like one of yours, was it? Yeah. Yeah, so. But it's socks are important. What about gloves and things like that, too? Yeah, like yeah, gloves. Super gloves yeah, too. I'd, I'd want them to wear all day, yeah. off and on me all day long, mm-hmm. and then I'd a spare pair. Because uh, it is important, like it's, it was July. And we're almost, yeah. you would think we're talking winter gear here, but you actually do need that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do yeah. Two buffs, two yeah. Yeah. monkey hat, two pairs of gloves. And the jacket itself. And so it's all used, all day. Yeah, so yeah. Two, two marks pointing out on and off all day. In the middle of the day then it was hot. Yeah. So yeah. this is a challenge when you've got a long Fog endurance events that's going to last 24 hours. You're going through the two nights and the weather changes, especially in the mountains, which can take change in seconds. Um, during the day, then, like in being roasting, you have to be able to adapt to that. Yeah, but I, I even find when we stopped at Slee Martin, which it was warm at that stage, yeah. because you're stopping and your sweat's cooling down, the core, my core temperature just drops, my jacket was on again. Yeah. It was on. Honestly, I lost kind of five minutes later, you know, Yeah, back it was again. off again. And it was on off. They just your temperatures up and down, really drop. Mind it anyway. So it's it's also important then. So to mention about the crew, okay? Because crew is critical as well, isn't it? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, um, but it's not the same as like. I don't wanna. That was the best curry ever. It was. Oh. I don't like. Other races, like if you, if you take Belfast, Dublin, for example, you know, anybody can roll up and sort of crew. Mm-hmm. Your, your crew doesn't even know what they're doing. No, they they need to be aware of uh, how people may be feeling and have some sort of experience of that as well. Being local to the mountains and knowing the mountains and all obviously help as well. But it's important, to, number one, to do it with the crew. Yeah. That there's no way we felt what it was like when you got back into the dark. I was thinking, like, how could anybody do this on their own? I know people do, mm-hmm. um, but you need to be very ex- extremely experienced to right. take on something. Okay. Like people can do it, obviously, because they are they have that level of experience. But you need to make sure you have that experience. But if something can go wrong, and it can go wrong at any second, I actually went over on my ankle coming down off um, the saddle again. It was just so. Did you trip over Keith? Fed up. <laughs> so fed up coming down the saddle. But I was, I was turning around just to make sure the light was coming all the time, like, and the light disappeared for like five minutes. I didn't stop to go back, I was keeping going over and over the pier, like. <laughs> but the light came back, and just at that point I went over on my ankle. And even at that point on my own, I was thinking, I'm well, actually even coming down here, it's quite dangerous. Yeah. Because that was my concern. Yeah. So you can come through the Clanry River a million different ways, through the wee forests, like if you didn't have communication, or it's like, you see. And you wouldn't know you were there, you could be anywhere, you know, so. It's important to have, the trackers are brilliant, so the trackers keep a good eye on where everybody's at. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I was only literally, I was, was five minutes in, and my wife texted me to say congratulations, so she knew I was down, and I said, I phoned her immediately, and I said, what are you doing still up? And she said, I'm sitting watching, make sure you get it. So from that point of view, the trackers are just they are brilliant. Yeah. Excellent. And of course, like, it's that peace of mind. It's, yeah, it's superb, and of course, like primal tracking, I mean, they give you it free for the day of and ride, and you know, super wow, you know, so good. Hmm? You don't have to be But it's, it's definitely 
definitely peace of mind. And it's yeah. peace of mind, obviously, for the log and your entire journey as well, so that they can be ratified, you know? Well, we actually came to the top of art. So we did. <laughs> and, um, I didn't know where you'd been. If you had been to Sleeve Shannon, what's it called the one that's next to Sleeve Shannon before Muck? Cool. No, it's not cool, but it does begin with Sleeve And I was thinking, have you been to this man? And he's like, can you remember? It's like, can you remember? Because that's going to be the difference of making it and not making it. You know, we had to go up there because we were so tight to the wire. And so we were able to put out a tracker. Because in my mind, you were going to come off Dylan and go up there. It was the only logical way of getting up muck. I was like, please do it. And we, and we were able to go into the track and say, I was happy days you've done it. Yeah. We're on here. We're on, Keith. Keith, slow down! Slow down! <laughs> um, but it was a, a sort of amazing sort of... What made you think of... Because we talked about this quite a while back, wasn't it? It's like you were saying, keep a calendar free for July. Yeah. Why July the 13th? Is it a holiday period or why that um, time? I, for me, it was purely selfish um, because it was the only month that I sort of had a free month. Um, so I think early on I sort of shouted that if we're going to have a go with this, it needs to be July. And, you know, I know there's a certain individual not too far away from here who is on holiday at that time of the year anyway. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he's on holiday for like six months. <laughs> <laughs> and he's always on holiday, but yeah, it seemed to be the right time to kind of go out because we thought it's plenty of daylight as well, and um, the weather should be reasonably good. Um, to be honest, it was pretty. We got. I mean, it could have been windy. It was cold, but at night, but at least it was dry. Yeah, That's the wind direction didn't seem too bad, though, did it? Yeah, well, it, it was <laughs> first thing in the morning. It was. Right under our face. So what? Why two o'clock? Two o'clock, two a.m. I think that seems to be sort of traditional time the, the boys go out. But yeah, saying that, there there's two fellas went out on Monday morning and they went out at three, and you know. So I, I don't know. It just seemed to be the right kind of time to do. And there was one guy obviously went out that night twelve o'clock. And in my defence, I arrived in Donna Cow Park minutes past twelve. Mark Weir was sitting in his car, <laughs> 50 <laughs> yards away from them. At least for an hour and a half before that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and did not come out and say, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> well to be fair, Robbie was probably just in the car worried sick. About the heart was going to keep up with the overlap. So, uh, that's what I have in my defence. But yes, it would have been nice to go out and see the guys start off. Yeah. Barry, is there a reason why we went around clockwise? And not anti-clockwise? Uh, yes, there is, because Sean says that's where we're going to go. <laughs> <laughs> so I said we'll go this way. I just, as I said, in the car park there, me, Keith Clark and Marty Campbell were like three lemmings. And we were just, we jumped off a cliff and probably would have just said, it must be the right way. <laughs> and us three yeah. would have just bombed over the edge and all would have disappeared. Yeah. I think that... You just see the track go. <laughs> Gone. <laughs> That was it, that was it. But there, there is a reason behind that though, isn't it, clockwise? Um, that just seems to be the way everybody does it. Yeah, I mean, there are a few one. people have done it the other direction. There's yeah. one, is there? There's three of, three of, I think. So I don't know, there's, there's three No one wants to do Donald at the end. Let's well, well, say I'm not. To be, to be honest though, I don't think it makes any difference. Well, yeah. there is one thing that makes a difference. So when you go around clockwise, you hit the wall. 
So that when you're hitting nights and you're yeah. hitting tired, you're actually yeah. getting the wall then to track back to the saddle. Mm. And I think that's why people take a call into Alan Elwood in his report. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> what we think. But if yeah. you think of that logically, you wouldn't think that. Yeah. Yeah. From a tiredness point of view, you almost get a bit of comfort hitting the wall again. Plus you're more familiar with the route. Everyone kind of knows. Mealmore, Mealbeg, yeah. Burner, yeah. Clomida, that kind of direction as well. So as the lights fail and you're getting harder. Yeah. But it is hard. Definitely. Well, it's certainly you're talking about the confidence. Yes, I just have to say that you know, for like until we hit the wall the second time, I had been on the front for probably about ninety nine percent. Until we hit the wall, we've been drafting the whole way around. And then I was in third the whole way out. They just took off and left me. <laughs> that was my idea. Um, Talk about taking off and leaving then. So we left on a car park at two o'clock. I went with these to the bottom of the climb to the saddle. And I was thinking, I'm glad I'm not with this team, like, because they are pushing hard enough. How, how do you gauge what type of pace you're going at? Because you were like, you were the engine out front, and I could tell that was the pace set for the day. Um, in my head, I was thinking, oh, we need to in the last 12 months. <laughs> I'm glad I'm dropping off the back here. How were you making sure that you weren't going to go? Because in a long race of that, going too fast at the beginning is... It is. Um, I think, for me, it was, it was just trying to keep... Trying to keep a manageable pace up. Um, uh, keep momentum going. Yeah, sort of trying to... Moving steady, wasn't it? Just yeah. keep moving steady. And not going near a red. You couldn't have went near a red, really. Yeah, definitely not going to the red. There was no bombing down anything. No, no. At any stage, no No. going fast down any mountains. How did you find it, Keith, going up to Donald? Because you've done it 12 times. (laughs) So, (laughs) there you go. Not again. I have gone down and just done a round once and hoping you know, fairly hard. Right, okay. But I just thought the pace was speeding up for. Mm-hmm. The long day it was going to be. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like the boys were saying there, you weren't in the red. You know, we were still a bit chopped. Yeah. You know, we weren't the lead alien by no means, but. No. Because no, you, you hit the top of Donald in 103. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that was a good pace. You can see where the trackers where people saw a hit. That was. Yeah. But you see, towards the end of the day, you can see where you needed the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you hadn't been up on an hour and 40. It took me an hour and 20 minutes you know. getting off Comda. Mm-hmm. Do you know? You know, all right. so, Took me three and a half. <laughs> <laughs> three and a half. Three and a half. So, like, but we've done a good job of sticking together. So, when I was coming to the top of Binion, and such a decision I had to make because I was meeting you in Silent, Silent Valley, and the red gate was shut, and security sign was up. My brother-in-law used to do security guard in there at night as well. So that, right. that was even like, okay, the security guards in there. Um, I don't mind coming over this thing until I'm like, but. I said, frigate, but he's up top of Binion, I'll go up and see him. And I got blew off Binion when I got up there. Real hard wind blowing. And it was a relief when the wind blew past. I could see the trail between um, the sort of summit and the north yeah. of it. Like, and it wasn't like five minutes till these guys started coming, but you're all pretty much together. Oh, we're all seem to be in We're all just It looked like we were stuck. So how did you find that first stage, Marty? Because the guy that was in front of you was helping me because I was using him to work out um, the delta between you two. And because so, the guy that had gone at 12 o'clock, 
um, you'd picked up about half an hour on him by the time he came to Lamingham. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was able to use him as a delegate, but then he was out. Yeah. So that sort of lost me, because I didn't really know how long it was going to take you to reach me. <coughs> until I caught to the tracker, and then I could work out other people. How long were you at the top of um, I'd say it was about 15, 20 minutes, maybe. Mm-hmm. About 20 minutes, maybe. Could have been longer. Before we arrived, or? Yeah. Um, you still had to get on breakfast? Huh? You still had to get your own breakfast? <laughs> 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 but the weather was... The milk should have been poured in the face. So how, how did you find that terrain, Marty, coming through there? Because you had, um, so you had Donut, Chimney, Rocky, Rocky, Rocky Ben, then you had Beg, Cove, Lamigan. Beg, ben. Cove, Lamigan. Because um, Lamigan is pretty... See, to be honest with me, I, I haven't even been up that side of the mountains. Yeah. I'm always over by the Skyline route. Yeah. And I just train over there type thing, so it was a wee bit... The underground, one of the times when we had to cut off when we came down to uh, Donard and we had to cut off to the left or something. Chimney, yeah. yeah. And I, I think I said to you or something, yeah, that's right. You were just <laughs> looking at the thing and you started heading to, over all this black More crap shit. on the ground and I was going, oh my god, if this is right, this is going to be mad daily. But fortunately or unfortunately, it was right and that's the way they fared out. Like. But yeah, yeah. the pace so yeah, was okay. Like, so. It's quite diverse, isn't it? Like, you know, the, the grounds that you're going over. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. 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 So many different landscapes. I think we're on the moon here. For Finleave, going out onto Finleave, where you just the big hags, and it was like a sandy beach in between it. Just cheese. Because Lamagan is like shards of. The beach for the full Lamagan came and went, like, Never before, as in, like it was very easy. I'm not just saying that. I mean, I've been up a few times on the numbers and stuff, and usually, and now again, he's done the DRR, he, like, <coughs> he'll he in Slamagan, but it seemed yeah. to just disappear. Cove, Cove, Lamagan seemed to just disappear, and we're, before you know it, we were already at, you know, Binion Tours <coughs> and way. So I think it was the fact that we're all together, we're all chatting, we're all keeping a steady pace, yeah. really, really helped. Like, very few of the mountains we actually knew, like I've been up a, a, a fair few of them, but nowhere near, I'd say out of the 40 yeah. maybe, I've been up 15 max, didn't know the names of Burley and So every time I was like, Sean, where are we going now? Like, <laughs> up Eagle here, and then where are we going? We're going over there, 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 <laughs> right, okay, let's <laughs> keep going. So I didn't know the names of these things, sure, there were those three agents didn't like, we were just... Yeah. But the dark must have helped as well, because we were talking, coming up back, um, like you, you really do have to concentrate on where your foot's going in the dark, and it really is taking your attention, isn't it? So you're not looking up and you're not going oh shit or whatever. Like you really have to be attentive to where your foot's going. And when you come across a bin, you want to see you tripped on a stone, thought you'd broken your foot at one stage. Ah, uh, just the old kick, kick the old yeah. stone, just yeah. laying things up a bit. It's <laughs> 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 an early one. That was early. A handful. That was. That was about two hours in. Hand went numb. Two hours, <laughs> two hours in driving down the road from Lurgan. It's not too rude, is it? That's a real for free, yeah. Most the fella. Yeah, you were down a bit again. So you had your, we had four fuel stops set up, right? So you had your four fuel bags. You had your four fuel bags as well. <laughs> it's opinion, right? Boys are away. Well, let me take out their bags. Tell them about the party's numbers. First was Mark's for like two, three, four, two, three, four, five, 
Wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Two, three, four, and five. And I was like, where's his bag one? Where's his bag one? I've like, already eaten my bag one. <laughs> Did he say to me, he ate his bag one? He did. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so Donna Park was number one. Okay, well, but then why is Barney got one? <laughs> Did he not eat in Donna Park? <laughs> <laughs> and then it was like, his first bag was one, two, three, and his second bag was three. And, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I was starting to think, this is like the Krypton bag. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and I, I'm looking at my time so I've just made the decision to go to Benny and go, she's like, I need to hurry up here. Like, <laughs> and luckily enough, um, you had Marty had his bag marked really well, pieces of card, number one, top marks, 10 out of 10. Thank you, um, Keith and Barry had a similar bag. So I had actually pulled Barry's bag out thinking it was Keith's. <laughs> and I was like, where the hell has Barry put his bloody bag in this car? <laughs> and I searched the car for about five minutes and I just checked Keith's bag on this Barry's bag. But Sean obviously is now handed this, like, and he has um, a great tub marked out with his bags one, two, three, and four. So, being an opportunist, I have to take a look in each of your bags to see what you were sort of munching on. And it's great to see all the diverse. That's why there was a bite out of my being a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> it was cold. I was lonely. <laughs> um, but it was interesting. So, in your first bag, just for sort of fueling, because you thought you'd done that in one way as well, you like a bit of pastry, um, Sean. Yeah. You didn't have very much in your bag, you had two bits of pastry and a chocolate soy milk. I. Yeah, I kind of, I sort of knew that first one that you were going to have to bring it in and I had bought this like a soya chocolatey milky stuff, never tried it before in my life, I broke, very nice. You're so, meant to do that today, every yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. But yes, <coughs> I, I sort of know early on that I need to try and get calories in. Cause Just I, by the way, Barry was being sarcastic. <laughs> 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 Yeah, I kind of need to get calories in earlier on because I just stopped eating later mm. on. So it's, um, there were like wee brioche type chocolatey things just kind of go down reasonably well and you can sort of fire them into your... Is there a reason why you select them apart from carrying and stuff like that? It's like the fat off them. It's quite um, a fatty type of food, isn't it? Well, I can, yeah, it is that there, but it also means that if I don't eat them all, I can do to the next race, you know, <laughs> it's just probably <laughs> 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 a lot of life stuff. Um, yeah, and maybe a roll with, with cheese and um, jam or something on it, but yeah. Cheese and jam? Not together. Oh, right. Cheese or jam. <laughs> what about yourself, Mark? Well, I, I had a kind of a mixture and I had kind of like bacon sandwiches, which I'd seen Al and Gavin had had some of those, and but it was a mixture of things like I could carry to the next stage as well, such as a gel, a pack of skills, a Mars bar, which I could put kind of in a back pouch and then take out as I progressed as well. So I had the either pasta or bacon sandwiches there and then as we stood on the mountain, and then I finished with my water. So I would give the empty back to you if you were there, and I'd take another water and then carry the rest and then go on my way. So kind of what I do in most races, you know, but have more bulky stuff when I'm standing there. Because so. nutrition's a difficult thing to dive into, isn't it? So you've gone for more slow slow release, and you've gone for a bit of slow release sort of food, and then a few pick-me-ups take me to the next one, if I need them. Definitely, without a doubt. And like I had cans, cans of Coke or cans of Sprite as well, but I didn't have them in every bag, just mm -hmm. so that whenever I did get them, they were like a, oh, glorious. <laughs> you know? What about yourself? I had like, peanut butter sandwiches. Mm -hmm. Bars. 
Tailwind, yeah. Tailwind makes like a fairly thick, so it's kind of like diluting it in, in my stomach on the go. Just stuff you've been used to, really. Yeah, yeah. What's worked for you in the past. Yeah. You need yeah. proper food, like you can only use yeah. like 25 gels right and that's yeah. not going to work. Like. And, and we all carry your water. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the balance. Right, happy to get it. Marty, what, what sort of selection and nutrition were you going for? Uh, it was just a learning thing, really, because I usually don't eat meat. Just knock gels in there or feel sick. And so, with being totally plump based now, I can make a few, few sausage rolls, vegan sausage mm. rolls and stuff, and peanut butter and jam sandwiches. And, but everything goes alright. But the nutrition bit is difficult, isn't it? Like, because I, I know it's something I can do five or six hours now on sugar really well and fuel really well, and after that I've got a problem. So going to UTMB next month actually for me, I'm still having to sort of dialed into that because I know I can't go on the sugar base early on because you know. I definitely think it's easier to eat and then mountain mountain runs mm, like that. It's yeah. easier because the calories are going as quick as they're going in. <laughs> so whenever you stop to get something, get something out of your bag, and I had salad stuff too, yeah, rolls, cheese, and ham, and bits and pieces, tuna and stuff. The, the rolls were just disappearing. They were just disappearing as quick as they came out, and it was proper munching, really wanted it in every single time. Whereas in energy, when we talked about this yeah. on it, yeah. when you're round and round and round, there's a chance to, be, to pick every single time. And what you tend to do is you tend to go around and pick, even if you don't want it. Whereas it's more kind of... You're eating too much. You're eating yeah, too much and you're not really eating. You're just, you're not eating, eating. Yeah, you just bits. Yeah, and then you don't really appreciate when you get a roll or a whatever, uh, a curry or a bowl yeah, of soup. Yeah, bowl of soup, yeah. Mm. And I have, to, I have to say for me, after you actually did have your bacon sandwiches, your Mars bar, your water, and you got into it. The next section started off like yeah. you were starting off full, great, the, yeah. you know, from the start again, from fresh, yeah. and you maybe started to tire, you know, uh, you know, like a couple of miles from the next stop yeah. where you would feed again. So it was and working really, really well. Looking forward to the it next. Was, yeah. It was yeah. working really well. Yeah. Yes, yeah, you, you actually did come on something I haven't heard anybody talk about before. Is you can actually have too much and too much variety. And mm -hmm. um, I can relate to that in Wicklow when I was. Um, I was struggling, but I had loads of food in my drop bag at mile 22. And I, as you said, you know, I ate my sandwich and ate what I needed to do, but that much I started picking on bits and pieces. Yeah. I just turned my stomach then. I had a big six or seven miles where I couldn't actually eat, mm -hmm. and I still couldn't come back around. So it is important to actually be a bit more concise, not restrict what you're going to eat, but just carry what you plan to eat with a little bit of variety because your stomach does change and you have yeah. to adapt yeah. to that, obviously. It's funny too because. <clears throat> when I came round, what, what was that short spalgate and you had the curry on? I didn't actually feel that hungry. I felt like I was I was pretty bothered. <laughs> you didn't look hungry. He said something about there's a wee surprise around there. And I goes, is it a can of coke? <laughs> <laughs> and you say there's cans of coke in the boot or whatever. And when I walked round, oh my god, I never felt this hungry in my life. Once I said it, it was like this before Barry gets round. <laughs> but what did he say? He says, there's bowls and there's there's cutlery <laughs> and there's bowls there. And we just went, no, forks <laughs> straight in. The three of us in right. the pot. Chips, 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 bubbling in round us. Straight, straight in. Straight in. Straight in. Straight in. 
<laughs> but it does make a huge difference, like, you know, because you like, you're racing for 24 hours, no matter what pace you're going, you can eat sandwiches and cold food, they'll carry you so far. And the difference in getting something warm on course, like, it totally just brings you around again, doesn't it? Like, I think you should get something warm at UTMB. I think there are stations yeah. which are very good. So a soup, whatever. Like. I, I don't even know because an energy, did you take any pasta energy? No. See, it was warm, and I took some of that, but it wasn't. But you know what? Though? It wasn't vegetable curry, like it yeah. Wasn't, and that's why you think the calories burn. You know, yeah. calories. I actually um, used. I posted this book for later again. But I actually cocktailed the whole grain rice. I didn't use the Chinese rice even, and put that into that because it settles really, really well in your right. stomach. I actually had sweet and sour <laughs> coming up the road, <laughs> so I did. I didn't think. I thought I'd be too sweet for you. And I ended up eating a whole packet of the rice, as much as Sherry used guys, that was too good. <laughs> and actually, when I was then taking Keith across, I realised how good that had done me, yeah. even. Yeah. Because I did not feel hungry or feel the need to eat anything yeah. the whole way through that last stage. But having that good, good rice, it was warm, settling. I, think it's a good I don't thing. think I had anything from the curry. I, I got a few Mars bars or something. Like I think you doubled your weight though. But it was definitely the best curry I've ever had in my life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. it's so good. So coming off, um, Sleep Martin, it wasn't too bad up to Sleep Martin. I was waiting for these guys at Sleep Martin. <coughs> the reason being was, because again, I was actually sitting in the car, at the top of the car park, and sort of bunking to sleep as you do. I was afraid of them missing you as well. I need to go up here with bags and, and shoes as well. <laughs> um, but you said I'd meet you somewhere in between the saddle. Yeah. I was like, yeah, no problem. I was like, I actually don't know where that <laughs> second mountain is. Because <laughs> when I got up there, it could have been in any direction. And it was, oh, it was strange because I was sitting at the top of Sleep Martin having a panoramic view just looking out for these little dots, which was amazing all. And the good thing was, in that direction, it was a clear, sunny day. Yeah, you could see beautiful. Saw Carlingford, the Coolies, the whole, and that was a whole good thing. When you came down off Fit Leave, you could even see the fire road, how you were going to get there, everything, you know, it was, it was perfect. Like. And you must have, like, even though it was tough, what are you laughing at, Marty? <laughs> that moment when you were up on sleep, Martin. <laughs> <laughs> You were shouting and stuff, and you two were way on ahead, and I was going to you, boy, Sean's just walking on past us. Is that not a bit ignorant? There's Robbie up there with just the course. Ah, well, we'll just follow Sean anyway. Off the cliff. That's how much we were following Sean. Lemmings. It was. Keith, have you ever been up those mountains in that way? I've been on the mountain bike. Right, I've been a few times, but I was actually surprised. Because whenever I come out of that, I recognise the like the mast, the rail mast, but yeah. I've never wrecked. I've never been from the other side, and it was a bit like, oh flip, we're right over at Rush Hour here. Yeah, yeah. I was like, jeez. And we got the other. How get back? We got the other two. Because the other two coming right back. Because what, what do you call that man? Is it sleep meal? Yeah. meal? yeah. Sleep meal you went over to before when I was shouting at you? Yes. I was actually shouting at you because I wanted you to know I'm not going to be where you told me to be. Yes. I don't know what that is. I'm on the top of sleep hard. You never recognise me. That's all I was trying to say. Like It wasn't like, hey, you're going the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here. <laughs> yeah. 
And um, but all I could think of was like, wow, like I don't know what time of day it was then. Two o'clock or something. Two o'clock. Yeah. So we've been twelve hours over the mines. Two o'clock. All that, but you must have had a moment of wow, this looks class when you got to that point. Because I know the view that you get from yeah. that. Yeah. The Hyundai also goes in that. But even from Finley, Finley was amazing, wasn't it? Oh, the view from there, you could just literally see everything. Absolutely. You could see the Black Mountain right down to Sleeve Foy, Carlingford Lock. It was just, mm. as far as the eye could see, it was phenomenal. Phenomenal. Because it's so remember, different. Did you go to Snare and I? Yeah, not at the time. I go to Snare and I. Could you? Well, I have to say, like, um, being from Shalkiel, and people think that I know the names of all the mountains. <laughs> I don't, like, now I do. Because I had to track you and understand exactly where you were going to. Um, so it was a good teaching lesson, so thank you for that, Barry. Um, <laughs> so tell me what happened after Sleep Martin then, because something happened. All these happy smiles. Because between from Sleep, from sleep Martin on, like, things started to change. Well, that bird rose. Sean got grumpy. Fell out with a Sean then. So, the, the elastic that was around Sean, <laughs> around Sean just started to stretch me tiny bit. Me and Keith and Marty were hanging a wee bit further back. Going, He's not in my best mood here. Was this close to going into that forest? Is that where we were? Uh, I don't know. We used to have suddenly started to run up the hills. Oh, it was yeah. like, what's going on here? Did they try to break the elastic? Mm -hmm. it, was right uh, it was tough. But the train was that. The train was more tough. navigation, is there? I was. No to, to be honest, I wasn't overly, um, I wasn't overly familiar mm. with the um, with the route at that stage. I had actually meant to uh, recce it, and hadn't got around to it, so I was kind of doing it blind. Mm. And to be fair, the terrain, the grass was like. Shoulder height. Shoulder, shoulder height. It wasn't even there. There was mo moss on the ground as yeah. well. And it, was it was very wet underfoot. It was six it was, foot. There was six inch thick moss. It was tussocks. And then there was water underneath it. Yeah. Tussocks of grass. And it was funny. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> and every Paul went into his groin. <laughs> <laughs> his groin. He was, he was two or three foot in front of me. He went into his groin. And I, I was trying not to laugh that much. And I see turns around and he had a wee bit of panic on his face and the next thing was I seen him wiggling side to side, side to side and the foot came out. He turns around and he goes, only for Burr Grills I wouldn't have got out of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how did you find it from that stage, Keith? Because you were pretty quiet sleep Martin at that point. Yeah, no, it was just relentless going. Yeah, the water and all was starting to run down and maybe on a puppet or something. Yeah. I, I actually looked into your bag for I don't know why I keep looking into your bags. It's a bit of a fetish of mine, but. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, he needs more than that. And like, I threw in a pack of something like a crisp, I threw yeah, in chocolate yeah, and tails. Yeah. 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 I know, I had a fair bit of food in the camelback, but. Uh, okay. Just at that stage, it just, you were hungry, but I couldn't eat too much. Mm -hmm. just, I don't know. That can be a difficult situation when you get to that point, can't it? Like, you're. Your stomach won't let you take anything yeah. on. You know you need to eat, but it's just hard to get it in at that stage. Mm -hmm. But no, the crack was still good, the spurts were still high, once we got back on track. And that, that's one thing I think really, really worked for you all, was the fact that it was such a good group of guys, that keeping your spirits high, well, you have to. Or staying together and having a laugh, like, you know. It, it makes a mess quite Because I was still very early on, like, really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, after after Cranville, etc., I, <coughs> with, 
the shoes and the right foot was kind of every time I went down it was rubbing and I was kind of losing the world to live and I mean even you know Marty came back and I was saying no we're not, I'm not making this and he was kind of came back to me and said sure you're running now you're fine and you always give me a G up and then we had the river we managed to fill our balls again and go again up on the fire road and the you know the, 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 the bike bikes yeah, yeah but then again once you hit you know grass again. you know you had the grass again and it was soul destroying especially for like a track or a road runner who thinks yeah that's a nice surface plus the legs out you're being battered especially with the moss then that's so many yeah. Like yeah. yeah psychologically it's it's, it's heartbreaking like so, yeah. so you have to like the person or the people that you're doing this with mm-hmm. yeah don't you like well that's a big assumption i just made it but yeah. <laughs> If you don't like it, you have to be good at pretending. Like, yeah. <laughs> and if you do that, you're alright. Especially yeah. if they're navigating. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, at what point then, Mark? Because you're doing really well and it's sleeve man. I was really I'm impressed with how fresh you You had the GoPro out and I was very, you know, three sections to go, two to go and stuff, but it was when I had to swap my shoes and I put on, I put on the pair you gave me, which was just the right one just didn't fit right mm-hmm. and I had to weigh it up between tape and my ones which I knew the tape was certainly not going to last on a fire road maybe on a mountain but I wasn't going to last and I had to go with your shoes and I totally forgot you'd give me a full pack of compete which you should have really put on the bottom of the sole as well and it probably would help but it started to it started to get to me and certainly at the top of you know uh, going towards then Rocky and Pierce's castle down that I was still running okay, but once I came atop the cross, Pierce's castle and I seen Rocky, I just knew it was it was time. It was and as we said at the start, you know, it's all about safety and things like that. And certainly there was my safety, the guy's safety, people that might have to come and get me safety, and I decided then that, you know, it was time to just cut across the shoulder of Cotton Mountain and just make for spell go on my own, leaving the lads to it. And, it's, it's a, it's a def- difficult thing as well when you, you do ultra <clears throat> sort of events like and I know that you've got all of that capability inside you but it's such a mind game isn't it when you're doing long distance events and that's why I know how big of a challenge you are maybe more so than you actually realise yourself from a mental aspect of being there so many times it's, it's being in the, that, that dip yeah. <clears throat> which and it, it's like it's not that you you want to give up. You don't care if you give up. You don't even want to be there anymore. Yeah. It's as grim as that, isn't it? And it's every time you sort of get there and maybe get past that. Do you have any reflection on that? That um, you know, there was a there's possibility. Like, even if you took, because you weren't going to stick with the pack. Like Keith sort of dropped off as well. But we know you. Like we're all at different levels, so we could slow off. Do you have any reflection of like? You know, I could take half an hour there and change things and maybe the body would have picked up with the right fuel or the mental rest. To be truthful, for me, certainly it wasn't the body. Mm -hmm. I didn't, because I'd come all the way across the track to Pierce's Castle and it was still running, maybe behind the guys and they were looking back to make sure it was was still coming. Um, But it was just Mm -hmm. more putting the foot down every time was just like, just imagine a bit of sandpaper rubbing every time you put it down. And okay. I mean, it's kind of maybe the opposite for the guys here. They have the mental strength to go on, but I reckon 
it would have been foolhardy of me. So I'm actually glad that I didn't have that kind of mental strength because I didn't want to get in any difficulties. Like I mean, the guys were saying about going into the going in down to their their groin, like. But you know, if you hadn't pulled your foot out and you only had one shoe, mm. you were out in the middle of Cranhill. What would you have done? Only one shoe, you know, things like that. So that kind of was more crossing my mind with the mountain race that been in, etc. And, sure. and then you have to, in your experience in the mountains as well, has brought that to you, you know, and that's what helped your decision making. Yeah, you know what was up the front. Yeah. Like you know that wall coming back in extremely well and it was going to be difficult. So you have to make those decisions based around that. The reason why I was sort of talking in that direction was it is important for people that are thinking about taking this type of challenge on to UTMB is great. I love the system of having to get points. Mm-hmm. Because if, if I was able to enter UTMB, all of a sudden I'm in, into it, I know how much shit I would be into yeah. based on what I've gone yeah. through so far. And it builds knowledge about yourself, you know, Confidence. what your body can and can't cope with, what type of nutrition, what food, but the mental strength aspect of it, um, you only break that down by experience. Don't you? So yeah. going into something like this, you have to try some longer events that are a lot safer or maybe more structured or something yeah. first before you go into something as raw as the Dennis Rankin, isn't it really? So, um, talking about from Sleep Martin then, because I've, I just heard all these sort of after that, it's all of like, how did you feel Keith coming then? Because the next time I've seen you guys was at Spelga. Yes, with a lovely curry boiling. Um, I did lucky for these guys. I ate my sweet and sour. So. <laughs> I actually thought it was a bit hot. <laughs> I <ate once. laughs> didn't even taste it. I can't like. It was, it was fast to see because I was looking around to see where they're popping up and then pop up there they are. These little tiny wee black stick men silhouettes on top of the mountain. And at that stage, there only three of them, so I didn't know what was going on. Um, and there was no signal up there, so I didn't know actually whether you were in or whether you were right. Yeah. And I didn't know Keith that you were behind as well. And then it was I seen you appear, Keith. Yeah, you weren't that far behind them at that <coughs> stage. I could see, I could still see them on the mountain. They were like, giving me the hand signals to say keep on coming. So I knew it was on the right direction. And then um, <coughs> maybe lost them in the dip at one stage, but I knew you were picking off all the peaks, so I figured, yeah, next peak up, which was the one just before you dropped down to Spelga. Uh, Barry left a bottle, of, half bottle of water for me at the helmet yeah. under a rock. What you appreciate? I was saying, I want to talk about water, and he said, I said, have a wee bit left here. He said, leave it under a rock, brilliant. He says, yeah. will he lift it? Will he lift it? I was like, <laughs> under a rock, and he said, lift it. Yeah. So yeah. I kept saying to you before that, drink that drink, and you were looking like a bit worse for wear, and just kept taking a wee bit, and I said, like, drink it home, wee bit. Because I knew that I had it and didn't get over because I had drank enough. But I got to the top of it then, and then. Uh, I could see the car park and I figured you were in the car park at that stage but I pulled the phone out and I sort of scoured back across the mountain a few times uh, I think Barry's phone was ringing but he didn't answer he was busy eating the curry <laughs> <laughs> your phone had no reception and then I figured well they're in the top, they said they were meeting in the car park so I just drove a straight line down the mountain well I, I could see you coming down and you've gone a slightly different direction than that I said yeah. shit he's gone see there was no, there was so no I, path there I grabbed a can of coke and grabbed a bottle of water because these boys were saying stuff in their faces. Yeah. Look at that poor man <laughs> crumbled down that mountain. What man? <laughs> You've just eaten them. Put the so I put some food into it. I just thought, um, I need to get some of this curry to Keith. Look what it's doing to these guys. It's like thanking them youth. That's <laughs> so it was. 
And I run up at night and then looking for you. And it's actually as I was running up, um, I'd actually bypass each other. The bypass, but I had a sore knee, and I'm, I'm actually glad that Mark's going down like I'm driving back to Newcastle. <laughs> because my knee's a bit sore from doing Donald during the week, yeah. just from the tight quads. And yeah. um, I came down, and Mark looked as fresh as a daisy, to be honest. That's why I kept saying, Mark, Jesus, you look so fresh. I had actually thought you had came across. Well, I've come, from, that way I've come across the shoulder of Cock Mountain, which was actually a good hour and three quarters, actually, because it was just long grass, thick, and it was as disheartened as anything. You know, I've, I've done it before on the spell of the skyline, and it's brutal. And, uh, but that's, that's a key point as well, though. You know, when it goes wrong in the mountain, this isn't like you pick up the phone and tell somebody to pick you up. No, no, you've got you have to make it. You've got an hour and a half. It was like two yeah. or three weeks ago, I'd done the 15 miles across it, and my knee had sort of seized up a little bit. <laughs> it was just at the back of Binion, and the, the realization came to me. I actually have to get myself down here. You know, I can't find the way to go and pick me up. So, so you, you're talking about <coughs> another hour and a half, two hours potentially in the mountains just to get back to a bit of safety. That's no, you're exactly right. I mean, these guys had finished and were in Spelga by the time I had cut across and missed the three miles out. So it just shows you how it took me at that stage. You know, so I might have looked fresh, but internally I was destroyed. <laughs> So really you had a problem even see ever just going up over them mountains? No. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you actually had. Although the one times it is quicker going up and over well, the mountains. grass. I mean, I, you were talking about strength and how people felt. I mean, I was cutting across the shoulder when I said, Marty, go for Cock Mountain head on. I said, right, <laughs> trying to take it vertically rather than go up the trail and round the shoulder and up onto the top that way. And Sean shouting, you know, where are you going? No, we didn't and shout that for Let's keep it clean. <laughs> he says, where's that? <laughs> and Marty realised his mistake and came back. And just to show you how fresh Marty was, he had gone like some way up that mountain, come back across the trail, caught Keith, left Keith and was on up and caught the guys at the top. So Marty was obviously still going Good well, shape. very well, like, which I was I was watching from a distance. It was impressive. I could watch them all just go up. It was Is that quite steep at that point, aren't they? Yeah. You know what I mean? There's no... That's one thing about the Mons and you look at like the Wicklow way and things like that. They're sort of rolling hills where the Mons are up and down. And oh, the knees. And the technical and the different sort of terrains and things like that. Yeah, without a doubt. So we're in Svalga and then we had Arne Simmons. Yep, Arne was there. He just finished the 500 and he actually broke the record, which I didn't yeah. know. Yeah, he did. He sort yeah. of smashed it. But you three guys were going on. I thought Keith and Mark were out. I said, Keith, get some of, the, some of that Chinese into you. What's left of it? Oh, I'm like, <laughs> lick, lick the pan. <laughs> and you guys, was, there were seven chips left. <laughs> you guys took off, and you cross the road in Spelga, and you come across a gate. So what what happened at the gate? There seemed to be a bit of a tiff going on at the gate. There was a bit. Of, do you want us to tell them what happened at the gate? The gate was tied. The gate was tied closed. Oh, oh, I see the gate just, just untie the gates. He's telling lies. He didn't say that, did he? Just open the gate. So I tried to open the gate. It was tied with a bit of twine. Very, very, very tightly. Tied with a bit of twine. Two or three knots. Where are you getting red? And I tried to open it, and it was tied that tight with a little bit. And I said, Sean, if you hand here, just to climb over this gate. He says, 
just open the gate. And he goes, I can't open the gate, we'll climb over the gate. Open the gate. So we couldn't get the gate open, so we climbed over. And I was how easy was it to climb over the gate? Very handy. Very, very Rather handy. than untie them three knots, like. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Me and Keith came over just untied. <laughs> 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 You see, actually, I thought you were going to go on. I thought you were going to talk about the other gate. Ah, what other gate? The other gate that you tried to open, and I told you know there was a big gap. Oh, I don't know. But Aaron was telling me I didn't know this couple of nights, and but Keith said fill the fill my war pack up, and I was like, okay, it's Thursday. Once his water pack filled up, I could give a bottle of water here. Yeah. I wasn't thinking that you were going to go on because these guys had gone on, like, um, and you're like, you okay to come with me? <laughs> I was like, well, I actually didn't give it a second thought. I just said, yeah, chuck it on. To be honest, you to do that anyway, hadn't you? Um, I'd like to have done. I was thinking the meals to be honest, but my knee was a bit tight from my. Uh, I had rope to end come on, like, much appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> I had a tight quad and. I didn't feel it at all, like, you know, when I took off, like, um, but all I could think of was, fair play, Keith, you know, it's better to fail trying yeah. and get as far as you can. That's what I thought at that moment. I wasn't thinking that later on. <laughs> I was thinking, like, I made a mistake letting him go on from Svelga. <laughs> you see, before, <laughs> but before yeah. that stage as well, the three of us were having a good look at each other and a good chat with each other about hanging about. Well, I and about waiting, because Aaron... No, I wouldn't want to do that we say that an Aaron who had said at that stage, I think your head was starting to dip a wee tiny bit, and you were thinking we're not going to do this. I had actually said it. You said it, and I said, no, you're all right. And Aaron says, we had six hours or something at that stage. Aaron said he had done it in three and a half from there, but Keith was still up in the mountain. So when we got when we got the curry and stood up and everything, we're going, we're going to go, we're going to go. Keith's going away now, and we did say that. He says if Keith was coming down there and he knew we were waiting here on him with a chance of not making it, he'd be oh. saying, get yourselves into the mountain. So, that's what... Mm -hmm. No, no, you, that's definitely, I'd have been raging. Yeah. Uh, uh, and everybody would be in that same situation, you yeah. know, take that. Because you would have waited for yeah. 15 minutes. Yeah. And then, and then we'd have pulled anyway, you know, so... Yeah. And everybody would, be, would have made that same decision, no doubt. And when you mentioned that, I was like... Well, I didn't, I didn't even give a second thought, to be honest. Jacket uh, on, fill oh, the water bottles, two torches, right, let's go. And we did say that as well, about him, about him not stopping. We said, <laughs> we said that man was yeah. not going to stop. Mm -hmm. Should it take 30 hours, whatever yeah. it's going to take, you just keep coming. Uh, we knew but was I was calculating the whole time. Like, I had strong belief that we were going to do I wouldn't, if I didn't think he was still going to make it at that point, I wouldn't put the jacket on. I said, right, let's do this. He said, there's another way. I said, why don't we put these two mains? Well, <laughs> and Aaron was trying to tell us the directions. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, he brought up a map. And he goes, don't follow them agents. They're going the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. He says, they're losing a lot of time going up there. Because uh, you're, you're going to the You're going to the side, right? Yeah. He says, there's a trail here. If you plot your compass, you can get a straight line. And he showed me it. And he told me this mine was this mine, this mine. Trying to explain mm -hmm. what shot it was. And he's, I'm sure inside he's thinking, these guys are going to get lost in the first moment. Oh, I'll actually tell you the truth, when you sort of left him and I did have a chat about your skills. So, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I know them, I, I, know, yeah. I know across the road, like we were bang on, we didn't get lost, we kept, but we did follow these guys because I thought, well, that's the way they went. 
And lucky enough, we still <coughs> got the summit of that. Because it would have been a hard enough summit to find because it's quite a long, yeah. flat top, isn't it? But it is, so, it yeah. is quite, you've got that yeah. big chunk of rock on the top, but it's quite noticeable. And once you're up, yeah. So we were okay because we actually had these guys at that point to mark. So you were there, so we just knew we had to get to that point, and then we followed you across there, and then to Art. Um, and then the, the lights started fading slightly. And we were grand getting onto the wall once we worked out we didn't have to do the cans and we were going over um, <laughs> sleeve Shannon. But the mines aren't actually that bad, they look a lot worse, don't they? Like, so you come over, I, I just kept feeling sorry for you, Keith, to be honest, because <laughs> <laughs> you go up meal leg, and when you look at meal wall, you think, oh my it's god, so it just looks so steep. Doesn't but it was it? dark, was it dark at that stage or given? No, no, we're okay. We're going to get perch on just a little bit. That yeah, we're, we're still good. Come what side, deck, right? Right? Good. What side of the wall were you on the more? We went on the opposite side the of the side. road. On the right side. The rock. rock. Because of the wind. Yeah. Because okay. we thought, we couldn't see these guys, so we thought these guys must have ventured on the opposite side. Well, I had done, I sort of got both, so I, we came up, um, I actually climbed over the wall of Shannon and picked up the, the cairn and then come down the left, the right hand side crossed over and up the right hand side to get to the other and then I think I crossed over again on the way down. But I think, what, what, where were we? Were we in Burnham? We looked across and we could see the torch coming down. Yeah. It was just a single torch coming down. One torch. Was, that was, was me. More, was it? Was that you? That was me. So I had my torch on there. Um, but we, you were coming down quite quick. Yeah, Stevie had sort of um, mm-hmm. met us then. And what I was doing was, I was playing your trick, Sean. Be honest, I was trying to give him a mark ahead just to focus on me, yeah, rather than focus on what we were trying to yeah. do. So I thought we could stay that bit ahead and I would just stop and wait then. I turn off torch when you came closer, turn on the way, go again yeah. to try and make me the focus rather than what was going on. And um, also, in the back of my mind, it was great training for me, mm-hmm. so I was actually loving it to be honest, like at that point. <laughs> But it was class because you could see these guys up ahead, um, which came very important to the very last decision actually when we were on Burnet. So, coming down Meal Moor, Meal Moor, if you haven't done it, you have to wreck it. Do you know what I mean? You, you do, like, you need to know what's ahead of you, I, is my feeling anyway, um, because it's quite technical coming down there at Mile. What is it, 50? 50 ish. You know what I mean? Yeah. Your time, yeah. it's at yeah. night time. And I was quite, I was fingers crossed you were going to make it down there without mm-hmm. falling. Just sort of groping my way down the wall. Yeah. <laughs> I was sliding down a lot of that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very technical on the skyline, and that's mm-hmm. during the day, maybe, you know, it's, it's exhausting. It's exhausting for the words. My knee was buckled too going down that. Because you were quite a distance behind us. Yeah, stage. every step, because it's, it's high steps down. Oh, and every amazing. step was. Now I struggle. <laughs> I'd say about Recky, um, I have hit Burner so many times, and to me, Burner's the most difficult thing in the range. From, from that side, probably it's. And I never get the right trail, but in the Garmin Skyline, they had it flagged. Yeah. And it was so easy to contour along the right and side. And I don't know, I still yeah. can't catch that trail because there's so many different trails on that. There is. Send you the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And at that time, um, Keith. 
like it was extremely tiring and that was a tough climb and it was at that point where I was looking at the watch and we could see these guys going up Commodore and I, he looked so close to us mm -hmm. and I would say they are an hour and a half ahead of us <laughs> that's how much yeah. work we have to do from here to there I mean you looked so close and um, well I think I actually said on top of our is an hour and a half and I think it took me two hours from there Mm -hmm. so I did two hours from the top of Burnham. Yeah, top of Burnham, down down into Newcastle. No, no, sorry, down into Newcastle. It was two yeah. hours plus your hour and a half from where they. But you you wouldn't believe how you thought you were twenty minutes away. Yeah, yeah. you know because it was dark and watching the three lights. But it was class because you had a full moon. You had the clouds wisping through. So you did like I'd never experienced anything like it. Wasn't class it wasn't class in here like <laughs> for us. <laughs> but it was quite windy though. As well as quite a wind ripping through it, so I made the decision to go around the side of Burner, and we made the right decision. And it was difficult because it was in my head for about ten minutes, and I was like, "How am I gonna get this dog to friggin' lie down?" <laughs> it's like because you could tell how strong-minded you were, like, and because we come down to snail's pace, but even to get to where you were from where you were at, you were really from Spelga, really, and just to keep going, to keep going. And then there was times you were picking up again. There was, there was some nights you were coming down there, you were flying, I thought, oh, now I'll no, get the clock out again, do calculate, recalculate. <laughs> we're gonna make it, we're gonna make it. Um, and that's the way it is, like, and, um, but we made the decision to go around Burner. And to be honest, I thought it was even harder. Because when we came around the hut, this side of it, um, we obviously, we were there, and it's a very difficult decision to make, because you're like, you wanna mark this. Because you don't know what time it's going to be when you get up. We're going to go past this anyway. I want to mark it. So a couple of times I left Keith on the trail and went up a bit. I thought, shit, this is too steep for me. Hello, <laughs> Keith. You come back down. And Keith was lying down. Like, Keith, Keith, you can't lie down. I'm just tired. Just a second. Just a second. Like, I said, no, we need to go. We need to go. The reason why it was need to go, it wasn't a time thing then. Then it was becoming a bit of a safety issue. Certainly. Um, because it was, it was cold up there. You had good kit, because you put your jacket on. Oh, a good board jacket. Yeah, and then you put your other jacket on. And like, even for me, because there was a responsibility on me then as well. Because like. <laughs> <laughs> Burner is quite a wide, it's quite a long way as well. Yeah. And when you're walking around the side, it's, And you can stray from the wall and... It's yeah. steep all the way. We went right around the berth of her. Like, I didn't mind doing that one, one time out for a run. And was, the visibility was tight. Like. Um, I actually ended up right around the back end of the big rock. Yeah, that's what we were. Side. That's like, where we were. My God, this is mental. But we were right down at the base of her. We stayed wall level. Yeah. Uh huh. Right. You know where the, the tent was. We yeah. stayed at that level all the way around it, which I think was give us a harder yeah sort of a climb. Take it on and on. Yeah, because I I put my torch down at one point, and obviously you're tired at that stage. I'm like shit. <laughs> One slip here and he's <laughs> we're gone like you know any of us because the wind was lucky thing was the wind was sort of protecting us on that side of the mountain which was good and I was trying to be really positive as you do be the wind started whacking us in the face oh that's good we're nearly there right <laughs> that wind's down us now we're nearly there that, that's good progress <laughs> this is good progress now. <laughs> Coming off there, even now, I suppose I'm talking about our experience a bit more here. And it was like, okay, we'll go the quick street thing. 
But as I said earlier, the quickest route down is a couple of hours, like because the branding pad just went on and on, and then it starts climbing again. Mm -hmm. Doesn't it up to the saddle? Yeah. yeah. Because I knew, I knew that particular bit of the mountain and it, it, just tough, tough climb at, at night and whenever you're like crawling, walking pace, yeah, everything yeah. just seemed to take for ages and ages. Yeah. And you know the steps and you think, oh, that's that wee gradient now, but it's not really. Yeah. And I knew where the wee water dip was on the skyline, you know, you go through yeah. the water. Yeah. And I was thinking, oh, it's bound to be here soon, but it was like 45 minutes. Yeah, I was like, just went on and on and on. Because we did a mile in 45 minutes. Like that, that was that was hard work yeah wasn't it like and um but then we came up to spelga and i was i went on down then because you were with stevie just to make sure we we're good with head torches and things like that well we were watching you guys going up comedy then sure um what are you smiling for marty <laughs> <laughs> it was good fun <laughs> it was good fun though because these two guys were ahead were they you said 99.9%. Where was that 0.1%? I, um, I think probably Marty started to... It was probably whenever we were going up on to Sleeping Lock, wasn't it? Oh, I yeah. the back end of the schedule. Yeah, you started to move a bit ahead of yeah. me at that stage. Barney and I were sort of walking together and then... I wouldn't get up Vernon unless you stopped at the bottom of Vernon. Yeah, but I, I think it was, it was, right. the, it was just before Comedy. Um, I seem to remember. Hi, um, did you were with me again, Sean? Yes, the, well, the, three of us, the three of us were together, but it was Barry had said something like, "Was um, are we near the top of common?" <laughs> <laughs> After the first two claims, please tell me we're near the top. Please tell me we're near the top of common. <laughs> and you started even started climbing at that stage. It's about three steps into it. Tough. Oh man, I wa I wanted. I was nearly. I wanted off it there. Oh, that stage. Every time I look around, you can hear him more. Oh Jesus! Get me out of this mountain! <laughs> and every time he said it, I looked round and his head horse was against the wall. <laughs> He's just leaning against the wall. <laughs> it's like, thank God. I've uh, seen him getting this tight ever. And these two boys stopped at you know the wee pipe, the water pipe, yeah. and we're filling water and we seemed happy enough at that stage. And I was in agony, just keep going up. And I didn't even stop. Took a mouthful of water uh -huh. and just wanted to keep get the. I wanted into the car. Didn't stop, just went on, and it was, it was, it was nice, sir. Like, it really wasn't nice. Well, you can imagine that was that's what I was like at Cranville. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that that's the thing about it. At that stage, your motivation starts to. I, I was that's coming it. off Facebook. For, forget about inspirational runner. This is it. I'm just gonna live a lonely life on my own. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what am I doing with my life? Coming up, coming. I've done twenty. I've done twenty five miles. Like. <laughs> it was sleep deprivation and all that stuff. You're up for like 42, 43 hours. Like, um, but it's because it was on my own at that point. And were you only back from somewhere too before that, were you? I were down in Calvin. Yeah, or something. Um, but, yeah, I can't even talk. I've talked to you guys. But it does, when you're on your own there, or, you know, when it starts biting into you, it's, it's, it can be a hard thing to switch. There is a sense of being on your own too when it comes mm -hmm. to the real nitty gritty of it. Like, and you're like, because as looking up, me and him stand, we must have been standing five minutes, were we? At the bottom uh, of the thing, you're ahead You see, at that, at that point, as you said, where, where did that change? And I think, I, you had already got a drink, and I wanted to fill both my oh, bottles. Oh, you were filling the second bottle. So I filled both my bottles, and they had gone on. And I had looked at my watch at that stage, and it hadn't even turned midnight, and I thought, you know, 
we've got this, I know we've yeah. got this now, and I was happy that the two of them were ahead of me. So I thought, let's just keep it going. Got up on the top of, of Commodore, mm-hmm. and from that point then, for me, it was, right, let's just take it easy. There's no need to run, there's no need to rush this right. down, you know. It's just get just in the back two now. hours to get down here. Let's just take the time and make sure I get down. Don't pick up yeah. any injuries. Don't. Um, and I think at one stage, com- a comedy. I was literally where comedy come down and you have that little sort of flat bit before it drops oh, off again. Yeah. Um, I could see the two of them actually right down at the saddle, and the two of them were shouting up at me. Could you hear us? Yeah. So I was happy enough to see. <laughs> we didn't shout back at us. Did shout at you? But it, the wind must have been loud. So I could see that they. Were, <laughs> I could see that the two of them were all right. So I was happy enough just to, to follow them all down the hill, and that's literally what I done. I just I could see the lights hopping and skipping on down. It seemed to be when we were at the saddle. It seemed to be that you were out of sight forever. Did because the wind and the rain. And the cold was hitting us, and we were like, there's no sign of Sean, there's no sign of Sean. He says, we have to go on down. And he says, we can't. And then, see, when your light eventually came, it was like, thank God, there's the light yeah. there. Well, I'll tell and you. That was worried. It was terrible. The funny thing was, there was one point when I, I was looking back over towards Burna, and I could see, I think you had pointed it out at one stage, there was two lights, two white lights, and you said, oh, there torches but they never moved they stayed in exactly the same spot and they were probably if you had to put your fingers up they would have been 30 centimeters apart um, so when I went up on a comet I climbed over the wall and went up to the the cairn and it was really really misty and the you couldn't see even with the head torch I had to keep t- put my hand in front of the head torch and I was able then to see the okay. cairn looming up. So when I had done that, I literally turned and come straight back again. Done the same then, see the, 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 the tower looming up, climbed over the top. And as I started to come down the hill, I could see two white lights out in front of me. And I suddenly realized, what have I done here? Have I come down the wrong side? And it wasn't then that the moon appeared in front of me that I thought, no, because the moon, I know the okay. moon was over. And then the next thing, the cloud just lifted and there was Anne Long and Kilkeel and all just, the lights all just spread out in front of me. And the, these two white lights were, must have been fishing boats or something out But you're laughing about the lighthouse because when I come, when these guys left me at the very beginning, and I was coming down, I said, like, "Who's that flashing that yeah, light?" Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, it was St. John's lighthouse. Did you get that? Conversation <laughs> <on> the other <laughs> side. That's your man left before us. <laughs> well, we thought for about two minutes, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite a lighthouse light. It's not lighthouse. Cracker. So how did it feel then coming down and you, you finally, because even coming down the Climbright River is a bit of a pain in the ass, so you just want to over them, don't you? Because like, there's a lot of roots there, it's well, quite there's, steep. There's a small bit of sand, but the nitty gritty bit of it, like, and having the, I said to you about putting something on, which I put my jacket on, I think. I had, nothing on. I had everything on me. But he jumped over the stead at the, what do you call the saddle? At the saddle there, 
and headed out left. <laughs> and I was like, back up. I got like over, I was like seeing his head tossing out. So I sort of waddled over after me and goes, this isn't right, you're not the... Straight towards the like, it's kind of right, if anything. I do respect the mountains, but I did get a deeper sense of respect from, I think, Neil Moore on... There's a different level of, you know, you need to be focused, you don't need to take risks. You need to go at the pace that you're capable, that we're all capable of going. Um, or, actually... And it's technical, Andrew. It's technical. It could go all wrong here. You have to be sensible, like you have yeah, to. Yeah, maybe. But they're totally different animal in the dark. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're actually really. You're fatigued, you know. Mm -hmm. And if you think that's no, one of the reasons why, you know, I hope anyone here around here could appreciate why I kind of give it up. Not because, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. I'm a wimp or a wussed out. No, absolutely not. Safety wise. Yeah, I didn't want to harm anyone or enjoy it. Well, I, I was thinking that would be a bag for you. Like, Mark has definitely made the right decision. When we were going across the brandy pad, I was like, Keith should have made that decision. <laughs> 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 but then you'd be like, you never would. <laughs> I wouldn't be stuck here. But I knew, like, I thought, oh, jeez, I should have knew how strong minded that frigger is. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to go on to the very end. And I was actually relieved when you were happy just to actually cut across. Oh, it was so there's a bit of sense in that. Life at home, three weeks to go. Really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to fall down um, but definitely it's the right decision. It's the same way we made the, the right decision at that point just to cut across. Because you only had that, I know there's three mines to take, but really it's just to climb up the Commodore and you knock them off, like, don't you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that could have been it. But even though it was so close, um, the right decision was made. Um, what do you think the lessons learned were? Second. Sorry. Before we go, stay off Before we go to that then, come down the Climber Rye River then. You've done it so many times, you just want it to be over. It's not an enjoyable part of the course, like, no. is it? And how did you feel coming out onto the car park, Barry? Because you were the first one out. No, Marty was the first well, one out. Marty was the first one out. Six minute mile. He was, yeah. Did you see it? Shape, like? Felt good. Honestly, did like I'm not telling you. It's just, even the whole way around the thing, just a wee bit of worry about what was going on behind me. Yeah. Well, a lot of worry, but enough worry to wait. Everything, <laughs> nah, not that much. Well, it, it was so dry. When he said that it was wet, everything was so dry. Oh, so yeah. It was like this is perfect. Because he was crying. And when I got out into the. It did seem to last a long time to come out into the, yeah. you know, the overflow car park there mm -hmm. in Donner, but Agreed. I shifted alright. Like, like right I said earlier, you wrapped the window of the car and I was in the back seat half sleeping and you would have sworn he had just come out of rehearse from a, a night out because he looked fresh. He got a few things from the car, he went over it and you, you didn't hold it across like, the car park, you just got your gear on and you looked really fresh. Mm -hmm. yeah. Fresh legs. You actually look better then than you did now. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it's been horrible. But was it a relief for you or what was it? Like, um, you know, you have just job done or are you still concerned? Obviously, the guy's something down. I didn't know, Robbie. It was like, for me, it was never about. The, there was a time, the time was to get under 24 hours. And when you were rolling early on, like, I don't use the run like that. Do you know what I mean? Long distance things. I just go for it and fall apart. And it was nice. You know why? I think I said to you, like, this is yeah. a good pace, like, yeah. I might feel good at the end of this, and I did. 
That was you know, good. the food worked and curry and everything just worked well. Go plant based. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Go plant based. Mm -hmm. What about yourself, Barry then? I, I was not, I was feeling the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to die from the start of Tomina. And you know, these boys listened to a lot of moaning and groaning, huffing and puffing, and all from the top. When I got over the saddle, it was a step by step away, and I just stepped. And knee was sore, just kept saying to myself, it was freezing cold, I just want to get in the car, I just want to get in the car. When I got to the, the car park, you, I didn't even run the car park, I was walking across, and I wasn't even going to go over it. I wasn't even going to hit the arch, because the car was there, and he came over and he says, go over and hit the arse. I said, I just want into the car. And there was no way, I was, I was yeah. saying to him on the phone earlier, I was expecting to come down with the hands in the air, yes, punching there. I just wanted to sit in the car and get the heater on. It was, I wasn't feeling great. I'm telling you how much he hated every minute of that. <laughs> and we sat for a few minutes and then we said, never ever talk about this again. <laughs> we actually did. I said, don't ever here we are on Tuesday night things like this. But it is important to identify as well. So a couple of weeks before that, doing 110, if you like, <laughs> miles in, in a year. Um, the impact that has on your body. And what people, Mark McKinsey said in his podcast, too, you know, when you're going through heavy training loads, it actually breaks down your central nervous system. <coughs> and it's, you actually do carry a lot of that. It's like a lot of mental fatigue comes out of doing a long distance race. Your body might feel good. But when you go to test it, it actually you find it harder to hit that sharpness. Like sometimes it can work for you, sometimes it can totally break you. But you are carrying that. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And as I say, sometimes it can go either way, can't it? Sure. Yeah, I think it probably can. Actually. Um, so how did you feel when you, when I, you came down? When I came down, certainly, um, you looked a lot fresher than I felt. Yeah, I mean. I can out of the woods and down onto that sort of tarmac -y path before us as you come round the side of the YMCA. There was a couple of guys parked in the side of the, the road and the fire and all going. And it was almost that civilization. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, I'm not a big fan of civilization, but <laughs> So if you're against the clock. See, my worry in Spelgum was, was we were quite stressed at that mm -hmm. stage. And I think before we had started talking, I was in my head thinking, you know, it's how long we had sat and, he, and how long it was going to take Keith to come in and then get ready to go out. And it was, I thought, this is really going to be... On the wire. 
Yeah. Mm. I was starting to really panic at that stage. And it was probably Aaron saying, but you know, you have six hours, like, you know, you're easily going to do it. That sort of made me think, right, you know, it probably still is on here. Yeah. But it's good to finish within that time. Yeah. Job done no matter what. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I know I, I joke with saying oh, 17 hours or whatever it was at the start. Um, and, but the 40, 45 minutes, 45 minutes under, it didn't matter. I mean, five minutes under would have, would have been the same. The, the fact was it was a, it was a finish. And that, to me, was all that mattered. What, what do you think was your biggest mistake? I don't know. I, I don't like to say, I think the large, I know it was only five of us. Um, it's probably a little bit harder to manage if you you know to try and everybody sort of stay together. Maybe a smaller group, two, possibly three, um, would make it a bit better. Um, but also I think making sure that you've wrecked quite a bit yeah. of course. I knew the, I knew the, I know the mountains. I know most of the mountains. I've been on all of those mountains at least once. Um, so I had a fair idea of where I was going. Well, I still would have liked to have wreckied mm -hmm. a bit more. Um, it's obviously getting your lines right. Okay. and makes it all the difference. I, I suppose, having done the course now, you know where the more complicated areas are, yeah. and those are the areas where you go back and focus on. Well, I think certainly in um, that sort of stage four, from sort of Sleeve Martin um, up to, to up to Spelga, I mean, um, having been across it now, and been able to look at it again now with uh, Strava and that there, I think um, mm -hmm. certainly the lines could be made better. Uh, Matt, what, one thing that you would have changed apart from your shoes? <laughs> yeah, definitely. What definitely. was your biggest lesson that came out of it? I'm not too sure, to tell you the truth. I still need to think about it. I'm still going to tell you the truth, mm -hmm. I'll be honest. Uh, it was hard to stop and it was, it's kind of gotten sitting around with a load of lads have done. Yeah, but see, see, to be honest, though, not having, as I was saying, not having to dip into those longer 60, 70, 80 miles. And yeah. as I said earlier on, yeah, there's some set of poles yeah. to go into that. And the distance to get, like, you almost, you over doubled your PV yeah. distance. It's just hard, well, it's hard to do the extra miles when you're, you know, your body can't really take it. And, yeah. You know, I've been running for a good long time now and just, Maybe change it up a bit, more interval stuff to build strength that way. So That's definitely on to do that again. Yeah, but don't put that in the cast because we're rifle here. But yes, definitely on to do it again and, and get it done. Uh, I, I feel I was confident the first time, took everything yeah. wrong, but I definitely just feel I'd be a bit more confident when it came to the bit where it really got tough. Like. And what about yourself, Keith? Uh, cool. Uh, well, I've done more miles for a start. And Is it definitely on the cars to go back again? Uh, or do you feel it's... Ah, it's if there was a group going again, I would tackle it. But I'd say... There is a group going again, is there? <laughs> 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 Are we all going again? <laughs> yeah, well, I've never... Uh, it's our first DNF at anything. Yeah. So it is. So probably there's be something there I would want to finish it, but... You really need to want to do something to finish it, you know. And yeah. I think the spark wasn't really there at the start line, but it is now. So mm, very good. Yeah. I can feel that energy around you. But it is right though. That that's a very key point. You know, 
when things are extremely tough, the one has to be bigger. Yeah, yeah. And because it was off the cuff, to be honest, you know, you didn't have long enough to set it in deep. No, probably not, like, because I was focused on other shorter stuff, but... But there was only one minute left, and it's the time more so. It's not that you wouldn't have finished it. Mm -hmm. It's the time makes that decision for you. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because... Like when you look at the tracker, it still says finish 25 hours and yeah, three minutes. Yeah, a race. Yeah. And like Mario, it sounds like you had a perfect race, to be honest. Do you know mm. what I mean? There's not much you would have changed. Like innovate socks. No, not really. Like, you know, I had a good time and nothing really went wrong. But I thought I'd be moaning. I wouldn't moan again. Mm. Yeah, was, uh, just, I know what it got like when I moaned because two or three times I fell to the ground and I had an owl out of me and I told off so I wouldn't do that again like. I don't take painkillers I learned take painkillers yeah I have to admit like I do moan quite a bit like um, I keep getting stick like I told a couple of people about the stone when we were, doing the mo- we were doing the mum way I stopped coming off cock actually was it oh, cock and then or something to take a stone out of my shoe you like you stop for a stone. <laughs> like, I know it's just an excuse to like, And Barry, what about yourself then? Like, what was the biggest lesson? What What's the one thing you would change if you're going back? The one thing that I think I would change would just be the last bit for me. I'd like to have enjoyed actually coming in and feeling what you felt. Because it didn't, I was just busted. I'd love but you feel it now, though. I do feel it now, yeah. I, felt, I feel it now, but I'd love to have been running across that car park and feeling but it's not that sort of event you know but it's, it's, I know, you're, but meant it's go, the, you're meant to go to the edge like aye uh, but I'd love to have just been but look, and it's not like a, it's not like a, a, a big race where you've got this nice finish line no, no, no. Year, you know, it, it, that, a bit of a disappointment when you come across a line and there's actually two numbers well the line was there but there's quite an internal there's an internal thing going on when you hit that car park isn't it because it's like the post I put up today really was like, it really is a battle against yourself. It's not even about the mains, yeah. to be honest about it. You know, you are there against yourself, yeah. pushing your limits right to the edge, as you point out. Like, and it's not a challenge if you know you can finish it. That's just a job. Mm. But the fact that yep. there was doubt, you know, through that at, at good points and you're pushed to the edge. And the achievement was really the battle that was going inside rather than whatever mountain was ahead of you like yeah isn't it yeah, without yeah. a doubt like without a doubt i think we'll end it on that yeah thanks a lot thanks thanks well i hope you enjoyed this episode something totally different it was just an open group discussion on what it takes to succeed in the dennis ranking challenge quite a few people have contacted me over the last couple of days asking me how to enter this challenge Um, But I really do want to bring across, um, this can be dangerous if not done properly. It's important to understand how to take the mountains, how to navigate through the mountains, what kit to use, make sure you've got good communication, you can get yourself out there if you get in trouble. Um, All these things are critically important. Myself, I have been um, transcending from the road to the mountains over the last 12 months. And it's been quite a difficult transition with me going over my ankles, understanding kit. Um, But finally now I'm starting to feel that I'm getting there, but it has taken me almost 12 months. So be careful guys, if you're planning on doing it, make sure that you're totally capable, you've got the right people around you. You've got a good strong crew who know what to do. And 
for those that do want to take it, I really do wish you all the best. It's absolutely an amazing challenge, something I'll definitely be taking up within the next, well, we'll see. <laughs> Till next week, stay safe and keep on moving.